When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 32 teams entered the season with the hope of being crowned champions. Now, only two cities remain. Who will take home the coveted Lombardi Trophy? It's time for Big Game Breakdowns with Baldy and La Confora, an Odyssey exclusive. To the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns, these are big game Baldi's breakdowns as we take you guys right up through the Super Bowl doing these special edition breakdowns uh, every day this week through Saturday as we prepare for the Super Bowl. I am, as always, Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter, and I have the pleasure to be chatting ball with my main man, Brian Baldinger, for the next half hour or so. That is at Baldy NFL. You guys already knew that, though, because nobody does the X's and O's breakdowns better than Baldy on Twitter. And, and we're going to launch into this week looking at these two organizations, the last two standing, through the prism of their young, uh, successful head coaches who were sort of already part of a family tree, that Kyle Shanahan family tree, that continues Baldy to sprout new roots as we get up to the Super Bowl. There's, we're still deep in this hiring cycle, and we still continue to see owners and team presidents and general managers gravitating to this young, robust uh, group of former Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan assistants, and Mike Shanahan assistants, yep. who another day, another job. <laughs> Well, it's unbelievable to me, Jason, that in 2012, Mike Shanahan had a staff. Jim Hazlitt was his defensive coordinator. But on that staff was Mike McDaniels, who was a, an offensive assistant yep. that came you know, from Denver with Mike, uh, where he was an intern uh, when Mike was still in Denver. Uh, Sean McVay was there uh, coaching the tight ends. Uh, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. Matt LaFleur was the quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my buddy Richmond Flowers, who basically oh, is yeah. the agent for all these yes. guys now, was an offensive assistant working with the wide receivers. I mean, all these guys, it, it's like this brain trust. They've all kind of put their own stamp on it. You know, and Zach Taylor was then, you know, with with McVay. So you've got this tie into this game and to really the final four of Green Bay and San Francisco and Cincinnati. You know, and you look at all these guys that are running these programs now. There they were, these young kids, kind of just getting started under Mike. And now, you know, Mike McDaniel's getting the job in Miami yesterday, uh, which was Sunday. Um, you know, and to see just the success. I mean, Sean McVay takes two Ram teams to the Super Bowl yeah. in a three-year period of time. Uh, to see what Zach Taylor is doing in Cincinnati. Um, you know, he hasn't turned 40 yet. Nope. Like it's it's really I don't know that we've seen um a group kind of fall out of this, you know, coaching tree. Yes. Just quite like this, Jason. I mean, I Parcells had his guys and sure. Andy Reid has his guys and you know, there's a lot of mentors. Brian Billick had his guys, Bill Walsh. There's been a lot of mentors 
in this business, but I don't know that we've quite seen anything quite like this. No, it, it is phenomenal. We we have the Minnesota Vikings still waiting on Kevin O'Connell, right? Yeah. So it's like LaFleur leaves and I get Taylor to replace LaFleur and Taylor leaves and now I've got O'Connell and now McVay's going to lose O'Connell to the Vikings. Um, win, lose, or draw, however this game goes. It 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 is remarkable to see this happening in real time, Baldy, and to your initial point, I think we went into this playoffs and McVay and Taylor were the two youngest coaches in the league. I mean, now McDaniel, I guess, is younger than one of them. But like none of these guys are, 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 you know, even in their mid 40s yet. No, but, uh, you know, if if you just go back to Minnesota for a second, like Kevin O'Connell got that job. Everybody assumed Mike or we we assumed that Jim Harbaugh was getting the job. I mean, we kind of like and I think he assumed he was getting the job. Mm -hmm. He had a relationship with the new general manager in San Francisco. He had an incredible run for four years in San Francisco. And here's Kevin o- o- O'Connell at 36 years of age getting the job. And you just go, and Mike McDaniels, I think, is is he 38, Jason? 38, yeah. 38. Um, you know, Mike, you know, he, he played a little wide receiver at Yale. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I guess anybody could put a uniform on at Yale. Jason <laughs> called themselves a football player. But, you know, I mean, he – he basically, I mean, he could have gone to Wall Street. He could have gone to business. Sure. He could have been successful. But, like, being in the film room and just studying, you know, formations and reactions and, you know, he's just this film guru guy that, you know, really uh, Kyle Shanahan, he wouldn't let him leave for a long no. time. I mean, he had to promote him to coordinator last year. Yes. Um, he, he wouldn't let him leave. Like, once he saw what he could do in Atlanta, follow him to San Francisco yeah. – uh, he's like, I, because it's more than just uh, an offense. Like, you know, these, these Raheem Moster was Mike McDaniel's guys. Like these running backs yep. are like, he's, he knows what backs can fit and, and are a good fit, you know, based on certain attributes. So it's, it's really, you know, I mean, it's, it, I, I, I just, I'm looking at that roster going, who else is on that roster in Washington that, you know, right, going to get, right. be, be the next guy that's going to get yeah. the job. Yeah, who hasn't been uh, plucked up already. Well, what do you think about the Dolphins' ability to mend personnel to scheme? Like that offensive line, not very good, right? Not, not that they, they, he ain't bringing Trent Williams with him, Baldy. We know he can find a way to run the ball with a multitude of backs who have you know, different body types and personality. Hell, we saw what he did with Debo Samuel. But where are they personnel-wise at the offensive line position um, to, to be able to to, to kind of really make that thing hum? Well, I'm not sure right now that um, Austin Jackson or Robert Hunt, guys that they've spent, you know, mm-hmm. high draft picks on Austin Jackson's first-round pick. He got beat out left tackle last year, went to left guard. Um by Liam Eikenberg, who was a second-round pick at a Notre Dame. Uh, or I guess, yeah, second-round pick. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there, you've got to have a certain amount of athletic ability. But if you look at San Francisco this year, I mean, Tom Compton's been bouncing around the league. He oh, yeah. Right tackle for him. Daniel Brunskill, you know, was in there, and he wasn't like uh, some high draft pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to be able to move. Um, there's the, the guy that taught Mike this system – like I, I, I played for him in Indianapolis and, you know, he, he coached really, really hard. There's landmarks you got to get to. Uh, there's no, 
Well, we'll get them next time, guys. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've seen this. I've seen the system coached. Um, it is a like it. Th- there is a great deal of learning to be done, whoever they decide. But I would. My guess is that they're going to have to make some changes up front, and they're going to have to bring cert- uh, you know a certain type in. You know, backside cutoff blocks are as important yeah. as your front side blocks. If you can't get to those blocks because you're just not fast enough, quick right. enough, athletic You've got to be nimble, right? You've got to be you nimble. Got, you you, you got to be. I mean, you know, Trent Williams has a thing on the backside that he does that nobody else knows how to do. It's his own thing. He just literally takes an Aaron Donald, for example, and yeah. just takes him by the back and just knocks him down to the ground. Like, nobody really knows how to do that block. It looks like it should be illegal, except Trent's been doing it since he came to Washington, you know. Um, so the, those blocks are really important for cutbacks and a lot of things that they do. So you need a guy that is really, like, especially athletic at that position on the backside. Well, as we look at these two head coaches, and obviously they know each other incredibly well, you know, uh, Zach's in the college ranks. Uh, Sean brings him into his staff. Uh, in L.A., he moves on to become a head coach quickly. Baldy, if you look at 11 personnel, right, three wide receiver groups, mm-hmm. these two teams run far and away more than anybody else uh, in, in the league. They're 1-2. I'm, I'm guessing a lot of the things that these defenses see in practice going against their ones, they're seeing mimicked on film these last two weeks of looking at this upcoming opponent. Well, here's what's interesting about the 11 personnel of the Rams. They are a true three wide receiver. Okay, one tight end. You know, we'll see what happens, you know, to to, to Higby here for this game. Yeah. Um, but, and one back. Except that they're really a 12 personnel team when you look at how the wide receivers block mm-hmm. the edges. Like when you watch, uh, you know, Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson block on the edge, it's like playing with two tight ends. Yeah. So they, they get three receivers on the field, which, you know, in our – a lexicon here, you you get your nickel on They're the putting field, you in a nickel. You're dying. Yeah. Yep. And then they they run between the tackles because Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson yep. are so good at sealing the edge. So they get you to match up with them. And then, you know, of course, they can go to bunch formation. They're a three by one team. Odell Beckham is, you know, the, the single wide receiver, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, some combination, tight end wide receiver is Skoranek or whoever it's going to be in the third receiver spot. So they have that ability, and it's really unique because nobody's receivers really block the edges mm-hmm. the way Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson can block. It was you could say, well, they ran for seventy yards against San Francisco. They weren't very good. Well, they they converted a bunch of third, third and second and one situations to keep them on the field. So they got the yard when they needed a yard. And a lot of teams couldn't get a yard. You know, Derrick Henry couldn't get a yard in the postseason. When right, they right. So can you get that yard when you need it? So it is kind of interesting. And then Cincinnati, they, they don't do that. They're a true 11 personnel yeah. team. We got to see what C.J. Ozama is like. It's, yeah. It was a big trickle down, huge. Jason, when he went out in that first drive. Um, you know, the guys that they played, you know, in that spot, it's, it's you know, when you go to Mitchell Wilcox as your third, as your second tight end, yeah. uh, there, there was a big drop off there. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the tight ends, you know, come and can they get, can they get, uh, you know, can they get who, who's going to be on the field in those cases? A lot of times when we're a week away or so from a Super Bowl, you kind of start looking at narratives, you know, well, which team is hotter? Which team has more momentum? 
I mean, these two teams have been scratching and clawing for their playoff seating, right? Not knowing, am I going to end up winning a division? What's my seating going to be? They've, they've been playing more or less playoff games for the better part of two months now. They They both seem like the team of destiny to me. They both seem like the team of momentum, magic carpet ride, whatever you want to call it. Well, I mean, they're both they're, they're two fourth seeds, Jason. We've never seen that before. Yeah. I mean, they're two fourth seeds, so they had to come to the wild card re- weekend. And you know, Cincinnati and the Raiders went down to the wire. You know, they had to go to Tennessee. Uh, you know, they had to go to Kansas City. They've had a tough road. So I'd say both teams are really hot right now, really hot. And we know the Rams got beat by San Francisco at the end of the season you know, surrendering a 17-point lead. And, you know, that was pretty well documented how that happened. But they they rebounded pretty good, you know, in the championship game to get there. I think San Francisco did them a big favor by knocking off Green Bay so that the Rams yeah. didn't have to go to Green Bay for the championship game. You know, so that those kind of things go along the wayside. But I think we have, you know, I was just looking at Cincinnati, Jason. I, you know, everybody's talking about the Rams. Mm-hmm. We, we have a lot of time to break this all down. But, yeah. You know, everybody just assumed Aaron Donald, Von Miller, you know, Leonard Floyd, like they, Jalen Ramsey got this. You look at Cincinnati's defense now. Oh, boy. In this three postseason games, Jason, eight sacks, six interceptions, okay, two forced fumbles, uh, 12 passes defensed. Like their defense has been changing the game. You know, first play of the game against Tennessee interception. Um, You know, what they did to Mahomes on second down, made them hold it and Flustered him completely, took away the deep shots. I mean, their defense, Lou Anarumo has done a remarkable job. Yes. You know, they lost a really good player in Ogunjobi, um, you know, in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I don't know, the Giants drafted B.J. Hill. He sure looks like the guy that they probably hoped that they, they were going to get the way he's yeah. playing right now. Um, but, you know, they, they, have, they have played really good defense. And anybody that thinks like – well, the Rams will just spread them out and, you know, they've got, you know, they got their left tackle back. I, this this team is a handful to prepare for. They do a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that anybody who thought that the this was some sort of smoke and mirrors defense or that, oh, well, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe Joe Burrow's covering up some woes. No, that, 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 that unit really since for me, since Logan Wilson came back and, and they were able to kind of get their guys set at all three levels – um, I don't know that many teams that are doing it much better, Baldy. And when you have the ability to get pressure, like get pressure with three, get pressure with four, get pressure with six or seven when they want to get cute, um, it seems like Anarumo's rolling rolling the dice and, and it's coming up in his favor, whether he's sitting back or whether he's pressuring. And you, the, the guys on the back end, I mean, not not enough is said about Jesse Bates and Von Bell and how they play. They remind me a little bit of the safeties in Buffalo. Mm. Um, you know, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. They've got a lot of experience. They, you know, Von's been around the league, um, but they understand they understand the game. They're good tacklers. They're playmakers. Uh, I mean, evidence. You know, interception of Mahomes in, in yep. overtime between the two. Uh, you know, the back end is really really solid. And I, I just think, you know, in, in the Rams, you know, what Nick Scott has done is rem- remarkable. He's the only, he's their third year safety out of Penn State, seventh round pick, um, got a chance to play with all the injuries that they had um, to Fuller and the whole group. 
to bring Eric Weddle in off the street. Um, I think those two guys have really settled it. There's only one guy on the Rams defense, Jason, that have played every single snap in a postseason. That's Nick Scott. Um, and he Amazing. gives them, I mean, what a fine. Because the seventh-round pick, like, he can really tackle. You know, he intercepted Tom Brady yeah. uh, in a big spot. Um, you know, he's, he's really they, – they have put together a back end of their defense, which looked like it was going to be a real, a real weak spot somewhere around week 16 or 17 this year. What's uh, what do you think though would be the outcome if you had to play Eric Weddle at this stage of his career? Which again, this guy thought he was retired for two years. Like this is a little different thing going up against Burrow and Chase and these guys, right? Than it was San Francisco, where San Francisco got that lead. We knew they really wanted to run the ball. They didn't want to put it in Jimmy's hands too much, right? They wanted to manage that game versus this kid Burrow who never flinches, who looks like an assassin and who including running backs has 5 6 even if even if Uzama's out, he still has five or six guys he's totally comfortable throwing the ball to in in pretty much any scenario. Yeah, well, I mean Eric Weddle can't make a living in this game. I don't believe. Now, I mean I think Joe Mixon can be a factor. So, you know, it just looks to me like the closer Eric is to the line of scrimmage, the more effective a player he is. Mm-hmm. He's always been a good tackler. He's really nosy. But in this game, with the speed that they have at receiver and the playmakers at receiver, I don't know that you can, you know, make a living doing what he did against San Francisco. Being, you know, just that guy, you know, in the A-gap, yeah. Yeah. you know, and just being really, really nosy and making those kind of tackles in the run game. Like, you, you, you know – you make a mistake on Jamar Chase, you know, he's dancing in the end zone. He's doing the get, he's doing the gritty, you know, on you. Yeah. So um, we, we saw that, you know, against Kansas city, we've seen that in, in a variety of games. And so you've got to, I mean, to me, tackling is going to be a big, big part. I mean, it sounds obvious, but if you don't tackle Jamar Chase, when he catches the ball, like, We've seen, you know, you remember the first game against Baltimore, Jason. I mean, oh, yeah. that was a that was a healthy secondary for yeah. Baltimore with Marlon Humphrey yes. and that group. Yes. And he ran through them like they didn't exist. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can still see him at the end of the half just catching a little quick slant and basically Ooh. dodging the entire yeah. defense all the way across the field to get out of bounds. And then, the you know, the, the catch and run and breaking the tackles for w- whatever that touchdown distance was, 82 yards or something. I mean, th- there's plenty of evidence that if you don't get him to the ground, he's going right. to make you pay. Well, one of the interesting things for me about the Bengals, when you look at the, the receivers in the passing game in its totality, a lot of guys with a pretty high yard per catch average, but the ball is not traveling very often 50 yards down the field, right? It's it's all about that, the spacing and the tempo and the rhythm and hitting him in stride while he's making that cut on that slant because that, then then they're rumbling, you know, through the green, green grass, and good luck catching them from behind. So these these kids coming out of LSU, I mean, whether it's Justin Jefferson or Jamar, even Odell to an extent, uh-huh. like they, they've basically been taught that there's you – you got to have two plans in every play. you got to have a plan to get open, and then you got to have a plan once you catch the ball. If you watch all three of these guys um, – they all, as soon as they catch it, Jason, they square up. They square up to the defense, and then they're looking, okay, where's where's the opening? Mm-hmm. What tackle do I have to break right here to get to, to get loose and to get free? 
Um, Odell's been really good at it. He's healthy right now. He can do it. Justin Jefferson set a record year the year before for a rookie. And then Jamar breaks it this year. And as soon as – like that 72-yard touchdown catch and run against Kansas City um, during the year when he had the three catches and 200 and whatever yards. Like, you know, he caught his seven-yard, you know, out route and then squared up to the defense. Right. And then just found a lane to go outrun everybody. And so, to me, these guys have a plan. They have a plan as soon as they catch it. None of them are going down. Right. None of them are going down without a fight. None of them are going out of bounds. Um, they're all looking for that yak, you know, and, and long yaks. You know, and that's why they get those averages. You mentioned Odell. Um, obviously playing the best football we've seen out of him in a few years. He seems the most sort of at ease and comfortable with his surroundings as he has in years, um, even though he hasn't been there, obviously, that long. Um, we know he's a big stage guy. We we know he relishes these moments, um, and he has a chance to, to really further kind of reposition himself, um, earning potential, all that now versus the last few years. Uh, any doubts in your mind that, that he finds a way to impact this football game? I have no doubt that he can impact a game. Um, it's just a question of how, you know, how often they go to him. Um, I happen to have built a pretty good relationship with Odell over the years. We, we started off meeting each other at this NFL function thing in London and uh, kind of hit it off. That was after his rookie year. And we, we, we maintained a good relationship. And, you know, when he was uh, kind of run out of New York, uh, yeah. traded out of New York, I mean, it was, yeah. it was a disaster in New York. He gets to Cleveland. It's a disaster in Cleveland. He's hurt. He's yeah. playing with a, a torn abdomen muscle. He comes back. Stefanski loves him. Um, he's off to a good start. He tears his ACL. Like, he hasn't been healthy in three years. Right. He's healthy. And, you know, the game's important to him. And, you know, this is this is what he always wanted to do. Like, what he's doing for the Rams right now, Jason, He he's never been just a me-me guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just – just throw me the damn ball. That's not right. really him. Like, he understands there's Cooper Cup. There, you know, there's all these um, – there's a pecking order yep. to all this stuff. He's he's He loves his role. He loves his role. He loves being in L.A. He loves doing what he always wanted to do. It's taken seven years to do it, six years yeah. to do it now. Um, I have no doubt that if you get him in a three-by-one set and you're on the four-yard line and they're kind of, you know – Playing Cooper Cup, uh-huh. and he gets a single out there. I don't care who's out there. You know, a Wootsia, Eli Apple. Right. You, you know, pick a guy. Like the, the ball is going to him. He, he he's going to get he's going to get that target. Yeah. No, I, I I'm with you. I think he's he's going to be completely in in his element. the The mental side of this thing. Do Do you think because they're at home, because they're in Super Bowl or bus mode, and obviously that's not where the Bengals were coming into this year, because this might be their sort of version of the last dance with Vaughn and Odell, right, and some of the sort of hired guns they brought in because we know their cap situation, um, you know, isn't great. They they, they yeah. took on a lot of cap risk with the golf maneuvering and, and bringing Stafford in. Do, do you feel like the pressure could be a little bit on them? Like, I, I felt like McVay, some of those challenges in the championship game, little maybe a little desperate, a little reaching – I, I do wonder, especially early in this one, with them in their own place and them the favorites and, and all their star power and their superior experience, if they are a little tight. 
I don't know. You know, so I, we, we've seen these Super Bowl games kind of start off like they're tight, Jason. And, um, you know, and then they get kind of heated up. And then it kind of it, it, the, the game really takes off just a little bit like that Buffalo, Kansas City playoff game. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks threw for 120 yards in the first half. And then it just it became a track meet in the second half. We saw that with Carolina and New England way back in 2004 in Houston. Um, you know, DeLome and, and Brady going at it. Uh, you know, these things can can take off, take a life for their own. Zach Taylor was there in Los Angeles, you know, when they lost to the Patriots. Like, he he, he kind of knows what that week is like. I, I think there's probably some experience he can impart. It's a long day. It's an odd day. You know, there's a lot of pregame festivities. Um, there's all that stuff. I, I think, you know, players – I think these players, well, you know, I don't, I don't believe we're going to get any of these things that we used to fish for, Jason. Where you know guys act up during the week, who, right? Who, who gets arrested or whatever? Yeah, arrested. like I, I don't think that's coming. It's just, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't see any of that stuff happening. So, I mean, you know, that stuff used to be pretty commonplace. Um, like they, like they, they didn't know how to act. I, I feel like these guys do. Yeah. Um, you know, they're 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 well led. The quarterbacks are are pretty grounded people. Um, you know, the, the, the media day is on zoom today, yeah, 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 or, you know, yeah. I mean, what are you going to get? Right. Uh, so, um, you know, like, I, I think it, it could be tight Jason to start, but I think both these teams are, you know, with, with you know, things have evolved, like the video things that they all can watch, like yep. they're all watching the same stuff now, you know, they all have access to it. Like, what are they doing? What's your third down package are not feel like. This is 20 games now that both yeah. these teams have played. 20. And so both quarterbacks have started 20 games. You kind of know what the offense is. Um, Akers is back for the Rams. You know what, you know, P. Ryan could do. Screen pass, 41 yep. yards. I just don't feel like there's that much that can really change between what we have watched in the playoffs from these three teams, two teams, and three games, and what we're going to see on Sunday. We have seen in some of these games teams getting risky. You know, I, the rules have changed, but onside kicks, Philly specials, razzle dazzle, the occasional maybe fake punt, fake field goal, whatever. Um, any could you see either of these guys doing it? I know these two particular head coaches don't strike me as um, that necessarily being their forte. But uh, any any sense if if we could see somebody try to steal a possession that way or switch momentum with uh, with something a little bit gimmicky or gadget gadgety? Uh, I don't I don't I don't really see gadgets being a big play. These quarterbacks have so much talent around them. Like put the ball in your playmaker's hands. Like I mean I, I think that's what it is. I think the bigger thing, to be honest with you, Jason, is how they call the game. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've seen these, especially championship games. I mean, they swallowed the whistle. They just let these guys play, sure. you know. And, was, and so, you know, the, the, the Bengals had four penalties. The Rams had two penalties called right. against them. Like, I, I feel like six penalties could be maybe the max. We don't see holding calls in these games. Right. We don't really see defensive pass interference for 50 yards in these games. Like, we kind of just, you know, it. I don't know if the fans, you know, fans are never going to be happy. Sure. Like, you know, so I, I, they're not here to placate the fans or TV. It's just the way the games are called. They just let these guys play. I, I don't think that you're going to see some of these games where we saw 16, 18 penalties called. Like, I, 
I think, you know, once these players realize that, that you can just go play, you can receivers and defensive backs can right. kind of push and shove a little bit. Like that stuff's going to go offensive linemen can kind of do certain things. Um, you know, I, I, once they kind of realize then I think things can really kind of open up, to be honest with you. I hope we don't see any taunting baloney, Baldy. I hope yeah. I hope that directive has been put in a, you know, shoved to the bottom of a desk drawer somewhere in Park Avenue. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I saw a taunting penalty this year, Jason, where I said, "Oh, I agree with that." Right, like that—that's a good call. You know, I mean, if Tyree Kill is giving a peace sign to somebody's flying by, right, right, okay, you're not going to call that in real I'm time. If that, that ain't it, yeah. That, that, that's, I, you know, the, the, the plays that I saw that were the definition of taunting, what I would want called, they didn't call. No. You know? No. Like, you know, when somebody's standing over somebody after a hit and they're pointing at them and it's just inflaming, you know, yes. the intensity of the game unnecessarily, like that's the stuff that should be called that wasn't. And so I don't believe that Von Miller is going to, you know, sack Joe Burrow and do some sort of dance on his grave. Like, I just don't think that's going to happen. Or bring back the pelvic thrust. I Hopefully he better not bring back the pelvic thrust. That I'm sure they would consider taunting. Yeah, well, he he said some bizarre dances. Um, Aaron Donald has already, like I put it on social media, like he already figured out these rules of what you could do to quarterbacks. Like he started sacking these guys, Jason, and rolling the quarterback across the top of him. Right. Like and throw them to the ground. Like, right. like I'm just going to make sure that there's nothing I'm doing here that can be called illegal. But I'm still getting them to the ground. Yeah. I, I think these, I mean, I think these teams are here in part because they've abided by the rules to a great deal. They don't really have a lot of those type of players in Cincinnati. That no. you know, like Cincinnati used to have those kind of players. Oh yeah, you know that could be guilty of that. But I'm with you, Jason. I, you know, the, you know, a penalty like that called in the wrong, you know, the wrong time in the game can really influence the game. Yeah. No, we don't need any overly officious uh, behavior. We, we've dealt with enough of that in some primetime games this year. And, yeah, hopefully they let them play a little bit, um, let them get their legs under them. And uh, we see another epic game because this uh, this playoff certainly has been full of them. Baldy, well, it has been a blast talking to you as always. I look forward to doing that. Every day the rest of the week, you guys can yeah. find us um, on the Odyssey app, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get it. We will be bringing you big game breakdowns with Baldy here on Baldy's Breakdowns all week. And uh, Baldy, safe travels, my brother. And we will do this again very, very soon. We'll be doing it from opposite coast, I guess, Jason. I'll... We will be bi-coastal. Both That's bi-coastal. All right, all right man. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we got we'll, it covered. We'll be plugged in every day. So uh, There you go. You know, yeah. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks. All right. Thanks, brother. This has been a production of Big Game Breakdowns with Baldy and La Confora, an Odyssey exclusive.